Yesterday I said TCU would have to rebuild this offensive line through the portal. They started that process on Thursday by landing a commitment from a Louisiana Tech offensive tackle. We'll talk about that more and next here on Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Thank you for joining uh, the show. TCU got a commitment in the transfer portal on Thursday. We're going to break that down in a second. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked on Horn Frogs. You can also find us wherever it is you get your podcasts. We're free and available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, et cetera. Thank you for supporting the show, however and whenever you do. Um, I, I talked on Wednesday, or I guess it was Thursday, about the importance of uh, rebuilding this offensive line through the transfer portal, right? You're losing four starters, potentially. Uh, you're losing Brandon Coleman and Andrew. You'll also be losing John Lands, that center position, and Willis Patrick at one of those guard spots. So you're really starting from scratch, and they don't at the at the time, you know, I was recording that, they didn't have a lot of guys with significant snaps uh, in the fold in that offensive line room. Mike Nichols is still around. He might be able to slot at one of those tackle spots, but he's dealt with injuries through his career. Um, and then you have like Ben Taylor Whitfield, who had to play a lot this past season as a true freshman. Don't think that was what they intended or the ideal scenario, but just because of the inexperience in that position group, he had to step up and um, play a lot of snaps and get opportunities to play. So those two guys will be back. And they do have some game experience. You also have some interesting prospects. I talked about Tommy Brockermeyer, who was very highly recruited at a high school. He dealt with injuries this past season, and so he wasn't able to practice a whole lot. Um, and I think you're still kind of in a situation where you're figuring out where exactly he is and what he can do and what he does well. One mistake I did make was I mentioned Garrett Hayes being a possibility for next year. But somebody pointed out to me that A.J. Record, the offensive line coach, when he was kind of going through thinking the seniors and thinking guys – that had been through their career here, um, he didn't mention uh, – or he mentioned Garrett Hayes as one of those guys that was moving on and thanked him for his time. So um doesn't appear like Garrett Hayes will be someone that can play for you next year. So you don't have a lot of guys um, who have snaps. Colton Deary uh, also started a lot of the season. He will be back, but you're losing the majority of that production for an O-line that struggled in general anyway last season. Um, so TCU's trying to make this – a priority, and they started that process by landing a commitment on Thursday uh, from Carson Bruno, offensive tackle from Louisiana Tech. Um, Jeremy Clark from 247 Sports says that Bruno will have two years of eligibility remaining. Good size, 6'4", 310 pounds. He's been a starter at Law Tech for the past two seasons, has played a lot of games, was honorable mention All-Conference USA this past year, um, and so has played well for them, has been someone who's graded out well. Now, I, I mean, he played tackle at Louisiana Tech, so I'm, I'm guessing that's where they'll probably slot him in. Maybe he'll move inside. Possibly there's some position flex there. Um, but with him in the fold, you have, you know, the, this process that has started. They're also going after uh, Cade Bennett from San Diego State, who's been a guard uh, for the Aztecs for a couple of years. His teammate, um, Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon, has played that tackle spot. And then another player they're potentially targeting is Monroe Mills, um, who's kind of been on the Big 12 tour. He was at Oklahoma State, and then he was at Texas Tech for the past couple of years and has been a starting tackle for the past few years. 
he's rated really highly when it comes to portal prospects and offensive linemen. So um, with, with Carson Bruno in the, in the fold now, as someone who's had a lot of experience, has played at the G5 level, <clears throat> can play tackle, maybe potentially could play guard as well. Um, so you have him, you have Colton Deary coming back. And then if you could get Bennett uh, from San Diego State, if you could get maybe Dixon, I, I think they need two or three more that have experience and that can either start or can be slotted in as players that um, – could play significant snaps if there was an injury or maybe rotate in and out. You do have Mike Nichols coming back, so he could compete for a spot. Um, I mean, I would think Bruno's going to have the inside track here to start at one of these uh, slots. And I feel like, you know, transfer a player X, whether it be Mills or Bennett or Dixon, uh, could come in and be the other one. But if, if you have Bruno and you land one of these other linemen that I mentioned, preferably two, and then you have Deary and Whitfield as well, you got five or six guys who can compete for a starting role, and you at least feel okay about that. Maybe you don't feel amazing. It's not going to be the top offensive line of the nation, um, but hopefully it's a group that could gel together and grow together as the year goes on. They, they have to be better in the run game, and I think they're trying to make an emphasis to get bigger, more physical players who can start up front and play at a high level for them. Um, the pass protection, I felt like, improved as the year went on. Uh, you know, we, we saw with Josh Hoover whether that was – I can't really tell if the transition with Josh and throwing the ball more was more about circumstances. It was just like, hey, we can't really run effectively. Um, that's not working well with our offense. We're going to supplement that with a quick game, getting the ball out fast, a lot of screens, a lot of outs, a lot of high percentage throws. And then hopefully off that we can throw down the field. But as far as just running between the tackles, like we were early in the season against some of the smaller defensive lines that we were playing. We don't feel like we can do that anymore. I'm not sure if it was that or if it was just, you know, Hoover came in as somebody who played in a uh, offense where they slung it around at Rockwell Heath. And so maybe that was part of it too, a combination of both. But I think regardless of that, of whatever's going on with that situation, <clears throat> they're going to want to run the ball better this season. I'm, I'm guessing the Bobby Bailey's coming back which would be huge if he does make it there. Um, and then you got a, a feature back and maybe Trey Sanders, maybe Cam Cook. We'll see what Trent Battle and Corey Wren do moving forward. But you have a lot of options at the running back position that can run, but you have to block to do that effectively. And so this is a good a good start, a good pickup. It, it feels like <clears throat> TCU's kind of changing their philosophy a little bit. Last season – they went after a lot of players, and it was mainly skill guys. They didn't really focus too much on the O-line other than, you know, bringing in Patrick and Deary. Um, but they went after guys that had played at the Power 5 level, maybe didn't play a lot, maybe dealt with some injuries, whatever the case may be. They weren't getting snapped at the current school, like Alabama, Ole Miss, Minnesota, whatever the case may be. So come here, we'll get you more playing time. And that didn't work for the most part. And so now they're transitioning to, okay, Let's find guys, no matter what level of football it is, that have that have played, right? And and this doesn't exactly fit with Monroe Mills because he's played at Texas Tech and has played at Power Five football his whole career. But with Cade Bennett, with with uh, Dixon from San Diego State, and then with Bruno from La Tech, we have a number of players that they're just kind of banking on the fact that they've played well at their previous stops even though it's not the competition they're going to see at TCU, that that's going to translate and that they're going to be able to um, 
get after it and play effectively immediately and be ready to play at a high level once they get on campus and once they get ready, you know, to slot in. I, I think the other thing about this is you hope that whoever you land in the portal, you can get them ingrained and get them ready to go, and hopefully they can uh, participate in the spring practice together. Because as I've said before, so much of it with the O-line is about uh, chemistry it's about understanding how to play together, how to move, how to move together, how to get, you know, go in the same direction um, and just communication. All right. How are we going to pick up different blitz packages? How are we going to handle, you know, what defenses throw at us? How are we going to communicate with the quarterback on the protection? What do we need to do? You know, how do we block things up effectively so they can be able to go out and make plays? That's going to be a huge part of this as well, um, because so much of this position group is predicated on, you know, communication, working together, five guys being one collective unit and doing that effectively. So there's been some challenges because you're going to have new faces, regardless of whether you do it within the program or through the portal. The advantage of doing it within the program is a lot of your twos have been practicing together, right, and have played with the same coaching staff and understand the expectations. But that's not the luxury that TCU has because of the situation that this coaching staff was brought into with um, a really – thin position group at a line. And so they're going to have to build that up and try to make that better and do it on the fly. But they have a, a good start here with the process with landing uh, Carson Bruno again, six, four, 302 pounds has been a starter at law tech for the past two seasons and announced on Twitter um, yesterday that he's going to be heading to TCU. So good pickup by AJ Ricker, good pickup by the staff, start this process get it going, and then, you know, we'll see how things come out in the wash in a few months when everything settles down. When we come back, uh, a key TCU wide receiver is returning. He announced that on Instagram yesterday. Excited for that. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team, and we do it every day. Prize picks, NFL games all this weekend. Uh, we'll also have um, the NBA in-season tournament that championship game between the Pacers and the Lakers. Uh, exciting stuff. You can bet on prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Um, it's simply, you know, betting on stats, higher or lower stat totals. And then you go from there. Um, they have a cool combo projection situation right now uh, where you can bet on NBA and NFL combo props. And they're really the only daily fantasy app that does that. Um, they also have an injury reboot policy. So if your player gets injured, you can get rebooted and get another opportunity. That's the only daily fantasy sports app that has that type of insurance. Prizepicks.com slash locked on. They also have an easy to use app. Locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on. Um, use that today and we'll, we'll get after it here on the Locked On Network. Prizepicks, we thank them for their sponsorship. If this episode is a little shorter than normal, I'm sorry. I'm still dealing with a cold or allergies or something or the other, and so I'm trying to power through this um, and, and get it done. But that's that's the reason for some of the sniffling that you're probably hearing. I know that's not ideal, but that's just kind of is what it is. Um, Savion Williams is coming back, key wide receiver for TCU. He posted a pretty long message to TCU fans on Instagram on Thursday. I'll just uh, read the last of it. He said, with that being said, I have more to prove with this team. I've decided to come back to TCU and spend my senior year at home. Um, this year is our year. So 
Super exciting stuff. You know, Savion, we talked a lot this year about um, TCU having to play wide receiver by committee to a certain degree. You know, who's going to emerge as the go-to guy? That never really happened. But I think towards the end of the season, it was clear that Josh Hoover had some chemistry with Savion Williams. He trusted him. He was a guy that he felt like could make plays. He finished the year with 41 receptions for 573 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and this is his fourth season. That was actually, from a, a statistical standpoint, his best year. In 2022, he had 392 yards. Uh, but a couple of things I like from Savion that I saw this year, he's always had that physicality. You know, he's, he's never been somebody that shied away from blocking down the field. That was something he's, he's done really effectively. He's big, right? He's got that huge frame. Um, but I, I would I loved when they would get him involved in the quick passing game. I hope they do more of that next season because he just runs angry. Like, he runs pissed off, man. He gets, he gets downhill, and he'll stick his shoulder and his head down there and try to run through people. Um, and it seems like it kind of gets the team fired up when he does that, which is good. You need leaders like that. Uh, you know, the, the thing that he does best, and hopefully with Josh getting an opportunity, you know, we'll see who they bring in in the portal from a quarterback perspective, but you would assume that he at least will have the entire offseason to kind of work with these guys. Um, you would think that vertical passing game, the timing, all those aspects of it should be better, should be sharper <clears throat> going into uh, kind of year two with him as a full-time starter, really his first full season as a full-time starter if he wins up if he ends up winning the job, which I think he will. Um, and so hopefully that's better. Hopefully they can come together and uh, get on the same page in that regard. You know, Savion's a guy that he can use that frame to go up and catch the football in a way that really nobody else on this roster can. Maybe Dalen Wright when he's healthy. But those 50-50 balls, those jump balls, um, those are opportunities you want to see him go and get. And he had a few chances in the Tech game where Josh just left the ball a little long, not quite fully there, right? <clears throat> um, they did hit on one, on kind of a one-to-one -one situation against Baylor. But you hope that he gets to the point, kind of like Quentin, in his final season at TCU, where if it's man coverage and it's pretty obvious that it is, you know, give Savion a chance, right? Like, it doesn't have to be a, a fade pattern down near the goal line. It can be in any sort of down-and-distance situation, kind of any part of the field. Give him the opportunity to work down the field, go attack the football, go make plays. Um, that would be a, a big part of this offense that's missing at the moment. But Savion Williams coming back, he's kind of the first guy to announce it. You know, in the portal era now, there's so many options. Like guys can go to the NFL. Um, they can hit the transfer portal and sort of see like, all right, could I get some NIL money? Is there an opportunity for me to um, get involved in that aspect of it? There's a lot of different things that you can do, but uh, Savion saying that he's going to stick with TCU and be back for a fifth season, which is uh, super exciting, was happy to pass that news along. Um, one name that I'm watching, so there's still plenty of time in this window to enter the portal, but I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen a Chandler Morris announcement yet. Um, I would think that he would be moving on and uh, in, in going somewhere, but I don't want to put words in his mouth. Obviously, I don't know what his plans are. I'm not sure where the coaching staff is with evaluating him this year, sort of what they thought of when he was healthy, how he played. Um, I mean, the coaching staff could very well be like, well, you know, we, we didn't really feel like we got to see the full Chandler experience uh, because he just wasn't able to stay healthy throughout the year. Uh, but I'm wondering if we see something in the next few days. I'm just kind of surprised that we haven't had any movement on it yet. Because I would think Chandler would be a guy that would have a lot of interest if he decided to 
trying to move on, and there's there's so many quarterbacks in the portal now. But um, I'm not reporting anything there. I'm just kind of interested in the decision and want to see what he does. So I'm surprised that we haven't really seen any um, announcement or any rumors about where he might go. Um, final thing in this segment. So Matthew Golden is at the portal. And if you remember that name, Matthew Golden was a TCU commit at one time. He's now at Houston and has had a really fantastic season. Uh, 404 yards receiving this past year on 38 receptions, six touchdowns. In 2022, 584 yards on 38 receptions and seven touchdowns. So it's found the end zone. He's also a good kick returner and punt returner. Um, and he showed that off against TCU because he took a kick return to the house after uh, maybe it was either a field goal or a touchdown. But he took a um, took a kickoff return to the house and scored a touchdown that ball game. He's a good special teams player. Uh, I hope they're calling Matthew Golden and at least seeing what the situation is. I, I've seen a lot of um, scuttlebutt to Texas. Like that seems to be the popular pick here. But, you know, he did have a relationship with Malcolm Kelly, had a relationship with his coaching staff. And so you would think that means something. I don't know if uh, – I don't know if it – you know, I'm not sure what it means in, in a in a full totality, um, but I'm, I'm sure NIL is going to be involved as well. But he did have a relationship with the staff in the past and committed to them at one point. So I hope that TCU is at least gauging that interest and, you know, seeing what's going on with the situation is there. TCU basketball takes on Clemson. Their undefeated record is on the line tomorrow. We'll talk about that more next here on Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. You can't mess around with your car. You, you have to get it right. Right parts, right fit, right prices. You can do that at eBay Motors. It's the reason why eBay Motors is so trusted um, across the industry. You can find the right parts for your vehicle. Passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy and also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, uh, everything you need, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. Over 122 million parts for your number one ride. Always exactly what you're looking for, and they have the eBay Guaranteed Fit Program where the part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. All the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Right fit, right part, right prices. Uh, that guaranteed fit program is only available to U.S. customers. TCU basketball, they take on Clemson tomorrow at 3 p.m. Um, schedule's kind of wonky right now just because, you know, there's, there's long breaks in between these games because of finals and everything that's going on. Um, but TCU's going to take on Clemson tomorrow, and Clemson's also undefeated. They're ranked number 24 in the country. They're averaging 80 points a game, really good offense. P.J. Hall is their leader. He's a center. He's averaging 20 points a game this year, and he's 6'10". He's got good size. He's one of those guys that can score from everywhere. He's actually shooting about 40% from three this season, which is pretty insane for a 6'10 center. Uh, but he can step out. He can hit the three. You know, he can shoot jumpers. He's uh, really good inside the paint too. So it'll be a, a team effort, you know, might maybe a week where Ernest Uday, if he could finally find a way to stay out of foul trouble and be effective, that would be a big deal in this ball game. Um, I, I assume they'll throw Xavier Cork out there too. Uh, and might be a, a collection of guys. Um, and maybe Emmanuel Miller will get the assignment because he can be playing so much on the perimeter. 
but PJ Hall is a really good player. Uh, the games in Toronto as part of their Hall of Fame series. So TCU basketball versus Clemson. The ladies play on Sunday against Purdue A&M, and then they get a week off as final weeks hits as well. But our first real true test, you know, they went on the road. They beat Georgetown. They did that in dramatic fashion on the Emmanuel Miller buzzer beater. Uh, but exciting times for those basketball teams, so we'll keep an eye on that. We'll have more coverage of that on Monday. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team, and we do it every day.